rest of the afternoon, the first thing I learned that had not been my strategy to leave the fan was that the heat in the dorm room was turning up. This was a big deal, isn't it? It's a big deal. And so I went to sleep last night with that on my heart. Just what an interesting thing, what an interesting world we live in, and how do we move through this? And I woke up this morning, um, and my alarm is on my cell phone, which is next to my bed, um, because sometimes I get those little things calls. And the alarm went off, and I picked up the phone and hit alarm, turned the alarm on, and the new banner came across the top, which is just how it's done. To speak of the shooting in Daytona this morning. And of course, you know, there was shooting earlier this week. So I can't help but wonder, you know, that there is a divide somewhere. Because our guest speaker this morning, her topic is making peace out of chaos. How we come to peace in a world of chaos. And how we certainly live in that, don't we? Um, as I thought about this morning, I thought about the inevitability that I would open Facebook today or tomorrow or later in the week, and there would be someone who I love. Any number, it could come from any number of someone that I love, who would say, thoughts and prayers are not enough. And as you know, I don't agree with that statement. I think thoughts and prayers are not the only thing. But I think we have to be careful that we don't dismiss the power of our thoughts and prayers. And in our society, there are many different ways to approach this kind of issue, aren't there? There are sociological considerations. If you've ever hold a, held a newborn baby, you know that when you look in their eyes, you look as close to heaven as you can get, right? There's, I, I have held 12 of them fresh out of the oven. I have never, ever looked at one and said, this one's trouble, we should send it back. <laughs> That's never happened. So we know that something between birth and whatever went wrong, that there was something. That's for sociologists to look at, for people who study society and culture to look at. It's for families to look at. It's for parents to look at and grandparents to look at and for us to all consider how are we raising our kids? What's happening in our world? How can we affect that? There are mental health issues, and those are for psychologists to look at and psychotherapists to look at, people who have expertise, who have studied to learn about mental health. It's for neurologists to look at. There are places in society where that work is being done. We could, most of us don't have the skill to do that work. There are laws, there are legislation that some of us have asked for and stood up for. And that work is being done by people in the political arena, in the legal arena. Implementation through police departments and security people. And there are many ways that this, this problem is being looked at. And we have an important piece to play in that looking. So we come here Sunday after Sunday to practice, to practice something, to practice how we pray, to practice how we think, 
to practice meditation and come to center because these are the things, these are the principles upon which we gather. They are life principles for us, foundational principles to how we move out into the world. And in a morning, on a morning like today, in a week like we've had, in a year where we're revving up for political activity, just in the world that we live in today, it's easy to forget that what we're doing is really important. What we're doing is really important because we are moving divine consciousness. We are holding a place in the divine mind that sees the highest good as not just possible, but forthcoming. And that is a very hard stance to take on a morning like today. And this today is when we need our principles. It's when we have to come to the center of who we are because this is the morning that our principles are challenged. And it's not that this will be the only time because we all have these challenges that come up in our individual lives as well. But this morning, collectively, we face the challenge of asking ourselves, do we really believe what we talk about? Do we really believe that our thoughts make a difference? Do we really believe that how we think is moving the fabric of the world we live in? That's what we're up to here. It's what we do. So if you're a visitor this morning, welcome home. You have homework already. When you walked in this morning, you received a very simple little piece of thread this is hemp. Did everyone get one? If not, if you raised your hands, I know our angels will bring you one. So this is hemp, and ironically, the only place you can buy a roll of hemp at 6.30 in the morning in Colorado Springs is Walmart. <laughs> and that's where I went this morning at 6.30. And with the thought of, uh, all kinds of things running through my mind. It gave me a chance to put myself in those aisles and consider what yesterday was like from a different perspective. So this, this hemp comes from Walmart, which gives us a little deeper connection just to what happens. The reason I got hemp, and it was important to me to get hemp, is this little string that I wear on my wrist is hemp. And after you've worn it for a while, and I've worn this since June, uh, this was a gift from Larkin before she left, and it has a couple little beads on it before she moved to Washington. Um, it gets really soft and flexible and easy to have there, but it's really strong. It's not going away easy. And it was just a, a kind of a commitment between the two of us that we would remember what we have together and stay in touch as she goes off to seminary. So I know that this is really strong and I know that when you do what I ask you to do with it, which is to tie it on your wrist, that it's not going anywhere for a while. It's going to be there for a while. Now it's not gonna match your Christmas clothes. It's not going to be suitable for those fancy evenings when you have to drag out your best duds. And somebody might ask you what it's on your wrist for. It's just there to remind you. I'm gonna ask you to tie it on your wrist 
to have a friend next to you tie it well with so that it's a little bit loose, but so the knot holds. I'm going to ask you if it falls off to ask me for another one next week because that means it did not well and I can tie a heck of a knot. But I'm going to ask you to wear it because in today's world, who we are and what we do matters, just like what politicians do matters, just like what police and officers do matters, just like what mental health professionals do matters. This work that we do each week, this practice that we do, this prayer and meditation and discipline of mind and thought matters. And we have a role to play. So I'm asking you to take a moment now and ask someone next to you to tie this on for you. And I'm asking you to wear it. And as we move through our service, we will bless each other and bless this a little later in the service. Oh, I really want you to tie it for you. Tie the knot. You might have to put two knots in it because the first one will slide a little bit. This one. Awesome. So it's a practice piece, isn't it? It's a touchstone to come back to. To remember your thoughts. And when I asked myself this morning, what thought should we hold in mind, Ariana? What thought should we hold in mind? Nothing would clear up for me. Nothing would get clear. And then I realized, ah, we have a guest speaker. <laughs> That's her work today. That's not my work. So I know Eliza and I have talked about this. I know that during, during the time that she has the pleasure of speaking with you, that she'll help you to develop what happens with this, what the reminder is. But for now, just notice that it's there. And what I ask for with a very loud and resounding yes is your commitment to wear it. May I have that? Yes. yes. 